Street. Flag should buy a hat mask for a man that changed talk radio back in the 90s, 30 plus years ago. 855-765-1045. It was even the 80s that he started, Rush Limbaugh started to, uh, Anyway, look, not everybody's not everybody's excited about the uh, flags being at half mast after Rush Limbaugh's um, it laid to rest. Nikki Freed from the uh, the Agricultural Commissioner, she's going to order people not to do it. Uh, we have a bunch of listen. We like I said, now that we have time to prep the show before the show, we have so much show stuff we need to get to, and that makes whatever you want Wednesday even more important, which happens by the way tomorrow. Um, but in the meantime, I do want to squeeze in a couple phone calls because they're related to things we have been talking about. KC, thanks so much for calling the Mark K Show. How are you, KC? Hey, Mark. I'm great, and I love the show. I listen all the time. Nikki oh. Freed is a political animal. She is the one who plastered her picture on all the gas tank permits until she was ordered to remove them. <laughs> but she also is in charge of all the concealed carry permits, and oh. she wants nothing more to get rid of that. Man, no no wonder I haven't gotten my concealed carry permit in the mail yet. It's been like six months. That is that explains a lot. I I didn't. Yeah, you're right because the Department of Agriculture is exactly where I had to go to uh, to get my. And her name is on all of it. Huh? And she put her photo on the gas tanks. Yes, she did, and she eventually had to remove them because they were being defaced at every (laughs) point. I love I love Florida. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We really. We really appreciate it. Brad in St. Louis. How are you, Brad? Yourself? Hey, I'm good, man. What do you want to say today, sir? Um, there's a um, an app that you can check your local, state, and federal people on how they voted. Uh, um, it's called Causes, C-A-U-S-E-S. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I'm, I think I have that app. You can also, like, email them or send them video chats, but it tells you how every uh, person voted in every election, which is true. However, this is not a federal election. This was a secret ballot for the Republican conference in the House of Representatives. So it's basically like, you know, it's not an even an official vote. It's basically all the Republicans have a club and they they had a secret ballot to vote who should be in charge of the club. I wish that it were a public vote. This is why all votes, in my opinion, should be public so that I can then uh, so that I can, I can then take out my political retribution on people whose votes I disagree with, which is why we don't have secret ballot for anything important anyway. Um, and again, and, I'll, and I wrote back to look, I'll give Congressman Rutherford the benefit of the doubt when he was sheriff. He did a good job so far. He's been OK. I mean, not like, you know, he's like he's OK. And done anything that I know of, at least to harm um, the district. However, if he voted to to keep Liz Cheney in power after she voted to impeach somebody that I voted for president for and a lot of other constituents in his district voted um, to be president. If he rewarded her with a leadership position, that's that's a that's it for, you know, we're going to have to that's going to be the end of it uh, for me and, and Congressman Rutherford. So I just need to know before I go vote. Did you do that or were you were you one of the 144 or were you one of the 61? And if you were one of the 61, let's go. Let's go. Let's start campaigning today. If you were what part of the 144, I got to go find myself a new representative and I'd appreciate as much leeway and 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 uh, and head, you know, a headway and lead time as possible so I can make a an educated decision. And wherever you are, you should probably know how your congress people are voting, especially on the secret ballots. Because that's where you're going to see if they're really doing what they were elected for. Uh, but that is that is a good app. I check that app uh, regularly. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We really um, we really appreciate it. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Eileen, how are you, Eileen? 
Well, I'm fine. I'm just a little confused. Josh said that I had to talk to you about the Supreme Court decision, and I was going to mention the flag. So, Well, jo listen, sure. I don't trust Josh either. So you, what did you want to say about <laughs> the flags? Well, didn't they... Didn't they do the flag at half mass for that Floyd character that was killed? George Floyd. They said killed, didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe. Rush Limbaugh as good, if not much better, in my opinion, than that man. And I'm not saying he should have been whatever happened to him because he resisted arrest. Right. I don't see any criminal background on Rush Limbaugh. Well, listen, Eileen. So, and he got the presidential medal. I mean, does that not count for anything? I mean, look, in Ron DeSantis's book, it sure does. Listen, Eileen, here's the you bring up an interesting point, because uh -huh. when a governor or when the president orders the flags at half staff, that is not mm -hmm. a that is not a Democratic decision. That is something that they have the power in their executive power to do. And rarely, rarely do you see such uh, audacity, really, and brashness mm -hmm. and boldness for some one of their underlings or someone else. I mean, OK, fine. Nikki Freed doesn't work directly for Ron DeSantis. It's an elected position. But rarely do you see anyone just blatantly disregard that mm -hmm. or, or issue a contradictory order. In doing so, you're playing politics. I know a lot of people probably didn't think the uh, flag should be lowered for George Floyd, but they did it anyway out of respect for exactly. whoever placed the order. Yeah. No, I agree, Eileen. I, hey, thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. And uh, and we'll give you the uh, Josh free line next time so that you can you can just get right. You don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about having to go through Josh. Back Josh. 855-765-1045 um, is our number. So, let's, you know, speaking, speaking of the Supreme Court, which Josh told her to talk about, let's get back to that for just a second. Because, I mean, it is important to know that the Supreme Court in my humble opinion, seems like it could be under bad leadership. And again, John Roberts, they vote on all these things. But when you look at the 6-3 vote to throw out this Pennsylvania case, here's the issue with that. All right, we know the three people that dissented. We know who the three were. It was Justice Clarence Thomas. No-brainer. Samuel Alito, great guy. Wish he would have been our chief justice. And Neil Gorsuch, fine. I would, I would expect nothing less from Neil Gorsuch. Amy Coney Barrett, a Trump appointee, has kind of unnecessarily, in my opinion, recused herself from any issues that originally came up before she was sworn in. I don't like that at all. That'd be like me coming in here and saying, you know, uh, I can't talk about any news that happened before I got my radio show in 2017. So if you want to talk about something that happened in 2016, if you want to talk about Hillary Clinton and Benghazi, can't do it because i mean you're a you're a judge you're a jurist you live in this country you're able to issue an opinion on something even if you weren't on the court before it happened i mean roe v wade's gonna come back up ain't nobody on the court that was on the court back when roe v wade was a thing the first time in 1970 blah blah blah, blah. so that to me is kind of a cop-out i'm not real happy about that uh brett kavanaugh i don't know what his problem is I don't know why he's I think he's still shell shocked from his confirmation hearing. I think that the Democrats did such a number on Brett Kavanaugh that he is so scared. He's just going to just kind of cruise by, sit in the back, chugging his beer because he likes beer. I don't know if you know, he likes beer um, and, and just not making any waves, which is also the wrong thing to do. I mean, this should have been this should have been easily a five four decision. You, this should have easily been a five four decision. We know 
that Justice John Roberts is is a no go. He's a rhino. He's a never Trumper. He's going to do whatever. He is a political animal. And the biggest I'm okay if you've got a political animal who's not chief justice because the chief justice holds more weight when it comes to which cases are taken and which cases aren't holds more weight when it comes to whose jurisdiction is a case and whose isn't, uh, you know, holds more weight when he when it comes into, you know, what they're going to hear arguments on or even take a meeting on. And we have in our chief justice of the United States, a a, a politically driven and I believe probably a, a politically damaged individual who could be uh, controlled by or influenced by one or more political parties or other elected officials. And you can't have that. You can't have that in the United States Supreme Court. And of all the branches of government, that one has got to be the one where you put all politics aside and you vote based on the Constitution. And the Constitution has not changed in a very, very long time. 855-765-1045. I've got to take a quick break. We will be back. I have, speaking of the Supreme Court, those Merrick Garland clips, we're going to get to that. I'm going to try to squeeze in this CNN stuff because I hate to push it off another day. Stay tuned. More of the Marque Show's on the way. This is the Marque Show. My name is Marque. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. J- Jaime, Jamie, is it Jamie or Jaime? Jaime. How are you, Jaime? Hey, uh, yeah, it's, it's Jaime, it almost feels like Jamie, yes, sir. Oh, I got it. Hi, hello, Jaime. How are you? Good and you, Mr. Mark. I just wanted to say that I, I, I really uh, enjoy you. Yeah. And uh, and I remember when uh, when when um, I started listening to uh, the Rose Limbo. Yeah. And then that's when I started listening to you. Yeah. You're right, man. And I appreciate you. You're not going to miss Rush Thank you, Mike. I got to go to Jaime, listen, man, I appreciate your emotion. I appreciate what you're feeling. And a lot of people are feeling that way, too. A lot of people... A lot of people listen to Rush Limbaugh and got into politics and started to find other people like like me, like like, uh, um, you know, Sean Hannity, like, you know, uh, my good friend Herman Cain, who we also lost. And I know that that radio, you know, it touches people. It's a connection and not just for not just for people who listen, but people who, who do it for a living. And luckily, I you know, I have the opportunity to do both. And uh, and when I heard last Wednesday what happened to Rush, I was uh, I was just as sad as you are. And 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 I mean, listen, we appreciate you. Keep listening, okay? Because you know we we're we're gonna do our best to keep you you know and to do at least a, a quarter what that what that guy did because he was he was irreplaceable. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Hey, thanks so much, Jaime. And I, and look, and that's what a lot of people. Man, yesterday too, the the calls were just pouring in when Catherine Limbaugh was answering questions when Catherine Limbaugh was telling. I mean, just really great stories and reliving all her fantastic memories of uh, of her husband and it and helped us relive memories and, and really learn some new ones because you learn a lot about a man um, after he's gone and people start telling you the stories that he never told. Uh, you know, the charity that he was that he was he was part of the charities he created, the charities, the, the charitable things he did that he didn't want anyone to ever know about, um, you know, and, and that's something that that will always live on and everyone will have those memories. And we definitely appreciate it, uh, Jaime. And just keep you look. A lot of people listening are just are feeling just what you are too. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number. All right, real quick, I just got a breaking news alert on our mobile app because one zero four point five W OKV is a mobile app, and 
about 30 minutes ago, the um, the Democratic uh, the uh, what is the uh, whatever, budget uh, committee in the House of Representatives voted for and passed forward the stimulus bill. And we knew that was going to happen because it's a bunch of Democrats. They want to spend as much money as possible on things that don't really matter to most Americans. Now it's going to get pushed through um, for a floor vote and then it'll go through to the Senate. And the Senate is where it's going to meet its maker. It's going to meet its match. It's going to be a bloody battle on the floor of the Senate because a lot of people are starting to realize, you know, one point nine trillion dollars, like two trillion dollars. Let's just round up. We might as well. It seems like a lot of money to most people. It's a lot of money. And there's a reason that it's that much money. It's not just because people are getting money for covid relief. It's not just because people who are out of work uh, are getting money for things that they need. It is, as Rick Scott called it, a radical left wish list. He was on this morning with Rich Jones. Listen to this. It's not a covid bill. I mean, this is a, a, a radical left wish list. Yeah, and he went on to explain why it's full of so much pork. It's a payback uh, by Joe Biden and, and for to help Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris and, and uh, you know, all these people in their states. I mean, this is just a waste of money. It's just a waste of money. And one of the most contentious points, of course, is going to be this $15 minimum wage hike, the $15 minimum wage hike, which is something that Rick Scott, having been an employer, having been a businessman, having created large businesses that that hire and and employ hundreds of thousands of people knows a little bit about i'm i'm worried what this is going to do to the poorest families in this country it's going to kill jobs i mean look at the keystone pipeline just proof like that ten thousand jobs go out the door i mean the democrats do not care about people's jobs which is infuriating to me yeah it is infuriating he's infuriated by that and he's infuriated by the size of this 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 hugely ridiculous stimulus bill that doesn't spend all the money for stimulus, but for a lot of other government programs. But they, these Democrats are going to have to wake up and say they're going to hurt the poorest families in this country that can't afford a mortgage, can't pay the rent, can't, you know, won't be able to put food on the table. But they said, oh, they care. No, they don't care about people when you when you see what they're doing, wasting all these dollars. It, it's infuriating to me. We will uh, later in the week have more on that. As this heads to the Senate, you're going to start learning what exactly is in this, why it's bad and how uh, how we can get it out. I also think that and I, I think you mentioned this this morning, but it's going to have it. This is going to be one of the the tightest votes we've ever had. And Kamala Harris may not even be able to save it. More on that coming up. 855-765-1045. It's the Mark K Show. Stay tuned. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. Thelma is in Wichita, Kansas. Thelma, thank you so much for calling the Mark K Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing great. What's going on, Thelma? What would you want to say today? Um, I just want to tell you it's a great show. I love watching it. The only problem I have is... I'm catching the morning show instead of the evening show, so I'd like to know what time in Kansas I can get it. What time is it in Kansas now? It's 10, 20, no, 38. 10, 30. Okay, so we're an hour ahead of you. So if you want to listen live, we would start at 9 o'clock your time. Okay. So if you wake up at 9 o'clock and you log on to Facebook or YouTube, or if you want to just listen to us on the radio, you can download the 104.5 WOKV mobile app, and you can listen there as well. I like watching you. You like watching me? Yeah, I I, I appreciate that. Uh, Thanks so much. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so you can – we are live at 9 a.m. Wichita, Kansas time, 10 a.m. Eastern. 
right. Well, thank you very much, and you have a great day. Oh, Thelma, you too. We appreciate it. She likes watching me. I like being watched. Eight five eight five. Sorry, that sounded creepier than it didn't sound that creepy yeah, in my head. It sounded very creepy All right. though. Eight eight five five. 765-1045. All right, speaking of watching, yesterday I was watching these Merrick Garland hearings. So Merrick Garland, for those of you, and we've mentioned a little bit, Merrick Garland was chosen by Barack Obama to be the lame duck Supreme Court nominee uh, right before the election in 2016. There was an opening on the Supreme Court. However, the Republicans held the Senate, so we knew there was going to be no hearing. There was going to be no last-minute Obama pick to sit on the Supreme Court because a lot of people were hoping the Republicans would win the presidency. And even though they thought at the time it was going to be Hillary Clinton because all the polls pointed that way, it ended up being Donald Trump. And as a result, we didn't get Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. We got Brett. I love beer Kavanaugh. So although there's probably not a big difference between the two. So uh, anyway, Merrick Garland, we all thought was just going to be gone, like retire, go away. No one would hear that name ever again. I was really half thinking one day he would pop up on Jeopardy and it would be like the guy that Barack Obama nominated to the Supreme Court who never became a justice. And I'd be like, who's Merrick Garland? And my kids would be like, who? Um, but but Joe Biden, who likes to find, uh, you know, when he's staffing his cabinet, when he's when he's choosing these these high level political positions like attorney general of the United States of America, chief of the Department of Justice, when he's doing that, he doesn't like to find fresh young faces with good ideas. He likes to go back into the graveyard of old, forgotten Democrat lifetime operatives uh, of the you know the most partisan leftists they could find and dig up their rattled old bones and Haul him back out in front of some committee because he believes, I guess, that anyone who's as old and as feeble and as difficult to understand when they talk as he is, is the right person to lead the country uh, into the future. So Merrick Garland gets hauled up in front of the Senate yesterday for his confirmation hearing. And this guy's answers, they could all be nine seconds. But because he thinks out loud and because it takes him a lot longer to process a thought than it takes me to fill my car with gasoline when there's an empty tank or than it takes most children to do a standardized test, because it takes him longer to formulate a thought, a lot of these clips are lengthy. So I want to dedicate enough time to this. This is this is Josh Hawley from Missouri asking Merrick Garland, who could potentially be the next um, attorney general of the United States, if it's illegal it's simple question. Yes or no. If it's illegal to cross the border. Listen, do you believe that illegal entry at America's border should remain a crime? Do you believe illegal entry should remain a crime? Seems like a simple. Well, yeah, uh, Josh Hawley, I definitely do. Or yes, Senator, I do. And we could move on. No, no, not when you're Merrick Garland. Well, I haven't thought about uh, that question. Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the president has uh, made clear that we are a country of uh, with the borders and with the concern about national security. Um, I don't know of a proposal to uh, decriminalize but still make it uh, unlawful to enter. I just don't know the answer to that question. I haven't thought about it. I don't know the answer. Is, should it? Are you going to make sure that it's still illegal to cross in this border, across the border illegally? I haven't thought about. I don't know the answer to that. You don't. How do you not know the answer to that question? You're going to be the Attorney General of the United States of America. My favorite part of that quote is when he said the president's made clear that this is a country with borders. Really? President Biden made clear? When did he say that? So Josh Hawley, undaunted, tries, you know, rephrases it a little bit, hoping to cut through all of the bah, 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 and get a clear cut answer. Will you continue to prosecute un unlawful 
border crossings. Okay, that's a little easier. As a prosecutor, will you continue to prosecute people who come into this country illegally? Here's Merrick Garland's response. Get comfortable. Well, uh, this is, again, a, a question of allocation of resources. Um, um, we will, uh, uh, the department uh, will uh, uh, prevent unlawful um, uh, crossing. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I have to admit, I just don't know exactly what the conditions are and how this is uh, uh, done. I think if, um, um, I don't know what the current program even is with respect uh, to this. Um, if there, um, so uh, I, I assume that the answer would be yes. I, I assume, how do you assume the answer to your own answer to a question? Would, would, you, would you keep it illegal for people to cross the border? I assume I would, but I just don't know because, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what the policy is now. This is a guy who's applying for a job, the highest prosecutor in the land, the head of the Department of Justice. This guy is important. This is the people's lawyer. This is the guy who goes after criminals on an international and global scale, and he doesn't even know what the current laws are? And Joe Biden says this is the guy? This is the best pick? Mr. Yeah, then Josh Hawley hits him with another question. Another, again, a, a question you would believe would be easy for somebody in Merrick Garland's shoes who once, don't forget, was considered to be the best person to sit on the Supreme Court of the United States of America. This is another question that Josh Hawley threw at him regarding um, domestic extremism and and terrorism, for example, in Portland, where they're attacking the federal courthouse. Do you regard assaults on federal courthouses or other federal property as acts of domestic extremism, domestic terrorism? And here's Merrick Garland's answer. Senator, my own definition, which is about the same as the statutory definition, is uh, the use of violence or threats of violence uh, in an attempt to uh, disrupt uh, democratic processes. So an attack on a, uh, uh, a courthouse while in operation, uh, trying to prevent judges from actually deciding cases, that plainly is um, domestic uh, um, uh, uh, extremism, um, 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 uh, uh, domestic uh, terrorism, um, an attack simply on a government property at night or any other kind of uh, circumstances is a clear crime and a serious one and should be punished. I don't mean, I don't know enough about the facts of the example you're talking about, but that's where I, I draw the line. One, one is both are uh, criminal. Um, uh, but one is uh, a core attack on our democratic. Okay, institution. for those of you that don't, for those of you that don't uh, speak doddering old codger, let me let me def- let me basically sum it up for you. If they attack the courthouse during the day, it's domestic terrorism. But if the courthouse is closed and they attack it at night, it's just you know vandalism or a destruction of property. I don't even know what. I don't think he even knows what the laws are. Laws are so you can attack a courthouse, but if it's during the day, it's a much more serious crime. In Merrick Garland's opinion, domestic terrorism is only a nine to five gig. <laughs> if it's any time, it's it, it's reminiscent of um, Chevy Chase. You know what's his name? Uh, Clark Griswold when he goes to Wally World and he goes, "Sorry, folks." Parks closed. Moose out front should have told you. Well, if you if you hold up Wally World and force the guard at gunpoint to take you and your family on all the rides, then it's a misdemeanor. But if you do it when the parks open, then it's a then it's a federal, uh, you know, then it's a federal crime and you could be going to jail forever. That's it's a weird, bizarre thing. And this guy, this guy is not only the person that they think is going to be probably will be the next attorney general of the United States. 
But it's also the guy that Joe Biden thinks is the best person for the job. It almost sounds like Joe Biden's, uh, you know, appointing himself, doesn't it? Joe Biden's like, oh, that's uh, that America, that's a good, that's a good, it's a good guy. It's a good, not like Corn Pop. Corn Pop was a bad dude, but Merrick Garland, he's a he's a good guy. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marque shows on the way. This is the Marque Show. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045 is our number. By the way, we uh, we didn't do mail time on the air today because we did mail time um, off the air. Basically, what happens is when I get the like when everyone else gets more mail than I do, I just we were just I'm like, well, screw it, yeah, you guys you can like do it. it. <laughs> I didn't know, but Hannah got some lovely gifts. Uh, we did get some Glock uh, keychains from Linda and some Team Glock badges. Which is great. So we're gonna have to get some jackets that we can put the badges on Ooh. and that kind of thing. But we, uh, but we will. We do, what we usually do is we collect a bunch of stuff and then we do a big mail time segment on Tuesday. Um, so we'll do it hopefully next Tuesday. And I know what's gonna happen there. I was gonna send stuff to Hannah and Josh just to tick me off because that's, that's exactly what's gonna happen. But I'll be honest with you, I would do the same thing. So I'm I'm totally cool with that. Like if I were listening to the radio and someone were complaining about their co-host or their producer getting more <laughs> stuff, I would send three things to their producer. Um, anyway, so that's that's the thing. Then now tomorrow is whatever you want Wednesday, and tomorrow's whatever you want Wednesday is going to be probably it's going to be bigger than ever before because for those of you again who don't know, we have a new schedule. I used to have a morning show that we we were able to we were able to build this show up and make it so popular and make it so successful, and that's all because of you guys. That they said, look, you can just now do the one show. So I I wake up in the morning and instead of doing an, a show before this, I just start working on this show. I start working on and you can tell, hopefully, that the quality is better. There's more topics. We were able to, you know, read letters from our, our Congress people and play you audio of Merrick Garland saying. Yeah, I mean, like combing through Merrick Garland's uh, congressional or uh, his uh, Senate hearing. That took like two hours right there, man, because it's all just, oh, 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 oh. So that, that's what we're doing. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So as a result, we had a lot more content today and not as much time for phone calls as we typically do. But that's okay, because tomorrow we dedicate the entire two hours to you guys. Tomorrow, if you have something you want to say you get to say it. If you have something on your mind, you get to get it off your mind and onto the radio. If you have an open mic message that you want to leave about anything whatsoever, you can do that. You can you can just leave us an you can leave us an open mic message now, and we'll get to it uh, tomorrow. Like for example, we got we got this one today. Here's the answer for the complete Biden administration. Um, we thought we could do it, but Trump messed it up, so we're not going to be able to. Sorry. Yeah, and that's that's you know that's actually not too far, not too far from the truth. So anyway, you that's what we've got going on tomorrow, and then Thursday we play what the bleep, and then Friday we have fake news Friday, and then Saturday you can see the best of our show on Newsmax TV, and then Sunday, uh, you know Lord's Day we go to church, we don't go to Chick Fil A, and we just relax with the fam. So that's basically our our schedule throughout the week. If you want to leave something, or if you have something you're just itching to get off your chest, then uh, tomorrow's all about you. Eight five five seven six five. 1045 is our number. 855-765-1045 is our number. Real quick, though, I want to get to Jay in Wisconsin because he's been waiting very patiently. Jay, you get the last word today. What's going on, man? What do you want to say? Hey, I'm actually not from Wisconsin. I'm in Wisconsin. I'm a truck driver. I'm oh. from Kansas. Yeah. And it's so good to hear someone 
uh, other than me who listens to your show from Kansas. <laughs> okay, I know. There's two of you. There's two. That's great. That's great news. Um, I was just wondering, what is the best way to advertise alternative media sources like yourself? You know what it is? I'll tell you. Word of mouth. Word of mouth is the best way to all to advertise alternative media sources. We're, you know, if you see us on Facebook, that's great. But watching passively is only half the battle. Share, copy the link, message it to everybody, retweet us. Uh, if you're on YouTube, we've already, I mean, they've already come down hard on us on YouTube. But keep watching, keep sharing, keep telling people about us. If you download the app, send the link to your friends and say, look, I like this. You like what I like. Check it out. It's the Mark K Show every weekday, 10 to noon on 104.5 WOKV. We'll see you tomorrow. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. I don't understand what the problem is with the governor lowering the flag to half staff. Under proper flag etiquette, he has the authority to lower the U.S. flag for state offices only at any time he chooses. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a new... Look at it. Rush Limbaugh has been gone for almost a week, and he's still creating controversy in the American political system. What's up, everybody? My name's Mark K. This is the Mark K Show. 855-765-1045 is our number. If you're trying to get through, you can leave us an open mic message, too. Like a lot of people have been doing, a lot of people have been leaving open mic messages um, regarding the Rush Limbaugh flag at half-mast thing. Uh, they've also uh, been talking about whether Ron DeSantis has the right to, the ability to, should Rush Limbaugh be honored in this way? Um, is it is it something that that is uh, significant and fitting or Rush Limbaugh's accomplishments? I mean, keep in mind the guy did win the Presidential Medal of Freedom from the uh, the past president. So we've got, we've got a ton of comments on that and we've got some politicians here in Florida who are telling Governor DeSantis, you can take your flag at half-mast for Rush Limbaugh and stick it where the sun don't shine. So it's a, it's a political it's a political dust up being caused once again by Rush Limbaugh, who continues to be a lightning rod even after his passing, uh, which is something I know would make him very proud. Uh, also, man, this what is the point of having a Supreme Court even? In this, I mean, what? Why would you go to all the trouble to pack the Supreme Court with justices who you believe are are conservative and 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 constitutionalists and traditionalists? Why would you even do that? Why would you do that if it just doesn't do you any good? When you, if they're not going to uphold the Constitution, if they don't even, it's not even that the SCOTUS, it's not even that the Supreme Court justices aren't upholding the Constitution. It's that they don't even want to hear it. They're like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, I don't I don't care if you got a problem with the constitution we don't want to hear it we're just you take your problem elsewhere you deal with it I'm busy doing I mean I don't oh, I'm busy uh yeah I'm busy forcing Donald Trump to release his tax returns which I don't know how that's I don't know the constitutionality of that whole thing but there's a whole 
there's a whole dust up. I imagine these Supreme Court meetings that they have, you know, the secret internal all justice Zoom meetings or the uh, what do they got like they have um, mixers or I don't know what you even call them. But I imagine they are just heated discussions nowadays. I imagine because this court is so split that they're just being in one of those things is like being in a cage match between Clarence Thomas and uh, and John Roberts. And man, this John Roberts kid, I don't even understand There's a whole history with him, but clearly, clearly this guy is not leading with the example of the Constitution. Clearly, this guy is not leading the Supreme Court as chief justice with any sense of of traditional um, constitutional conservative American values. Clearly, he has politicized the chief justice position and in doing so basically poisoned the Supreme Court of the United States. And 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 in doing so. We really just screwed everybody. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get into that here in just a minute. Oh, and speaking of the law, this Merrick Garland guy, man, Supreme Court justices—they're just permeating every every fiber of our being today. Merrick Garland was going up at the hill; he was being grilled by the senators, and holy cow, this guy—I had no idea. I thought Joe Biden had trouble putting a phrase together. You know, I thought Kamala Harris stumbled over her words and had a lot of had a lot of, uh, you know, audible ticks that when she spoke. But this guy, Merrick Garland, listening to him is like it's like Chinese water torture uh, of the mind. It's And that's not a racist. That's just, you know, where the that's where the, the Chinese water torture, you know, that. That's the dripping water on your head repeatedly till you just go mad and you tell them all the secrets that, you know, that's what it's like listening to Merrick Garland. And I don't know how these senators did it yesterday, but we have some clips of uh, of some of the things he said unedited, <laughs> which, again, I apologize. When you hear what they are, you'll know why I uh, I, I almost went mad listening to the guy. But um, but he is he's scary. I used to think he was just going to be a footnote on history. You know, Merrick Garland was the guy that that uh, Barack Obama going into his final year as president. He's the guy that that Barack Obama um, chose for the Supreme Court uh, when the opening came up. And, of course, then Mitch McConnell said, we're not even going to hear it. We're going to wait for the next president before we uh, decide any Supreme Court justices. So everybody knew Merrick Garland was never going to sit on the Supreme Court. Everybody knew Merrick Garland was just a placeholder. And and I'm pretty sure Barack Obama knew it, too, which is why he chose the guy. Now that Joe Biden has revived him and brought him back from the from the the morgue of Democratic, uh, you know, politicians and put him back up in front of the Senate. We see now that not only is he not just a footnote to American history, not only is he not just a jeopardy question waiting to happen. Now he is an existential threat to our democracy and capitalism and the things that he said, the answers he gave to some pretty basic questions are really scary. So uh, we'll bring those to you here in just a minute. We've got that CNN stuff from yesterday because we talked about how the Democrats, all they're going to do now is they're just going to scream racism uh, every time they have an opportunity. Every time something comes up. Now that Donald Trump's gone, Donald Trump was the biggest racist. So whenever Donald Trump did something, all these people at CNN could just say, well, Donald Trump's a racist. What else do you expect? Donald Trump's a racist. Pred. Look at this racist. Look what he said. Look what he did. Look at this. He hates everybody who's not, not uh, a racist white supremacist person and now he's gone donald trump's he's out you know we heard we heard yesterday joe biden's the guy uh, and and on the today show savannah guthrie said to vice president kamala harris look it's been four weeks now you can't blame donald trump anymore this is on your watch so now that they're in control uh you know what's what's don lemon at cnn gonna do who's he gonna call a racist well 
we found out the answer. The answer is every single Republican in the entire world. Every other Republican congressperson, senator, whatever, doesn't matter their creed, their race, their culture. It doesn't matter. If you're a Republican, you're a racist per CNN and Don Lemon. And we've got uh, we've got the clips to back that up before we get to any of that, though. I'm telling you, this news, I was talking to the other Josh before the show and I said it's so weird because now that this is our only job, we we were always underprepared. We're always underprepared for the show. We would race around at the last minute going, what do you got? He's like, I got nothing. I got like two open mics and a story about pineapples. And I'm like, all right, well, give me the two open mics and we'll we'll talk about we'll just talk about pineapples. Like, you know, in the in the 11 o'clock hour. But now that this is it, this is all we do. Uh, I we were overrun with information. And as if that weren't enough, right before the show, right before the show, I got an answer. Finally from John Rutherford, congressman uh, in the United States Congress, about my question regarding Liz Cheney. You may remember, you may remember that there were 10 congresspeople who voted with the Democrats to impeach Donald Trump a second time. Liz Cheney, daughter of Dick from Wyoming, was one of them. She also is the third in line when you look at the congressional Republican leadership. And where there was a huge meeting a couple weeks after she did that, led by Matt Gates, who journeyed all the way to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and stood in front of the, the Capitol House to rally Republicans uh, against Liz Cheney. Did a great job. Spoke very eloquently about how she wasn't really doing what she was elected to do. She was censured by the, the GOP of Wyoming. And then a few days later, she was hauled up in front of all the other Republican uh, congressmen and women, and they had a vote. Should she be removed from her uh, leadership position or should she be allowed to remain uh, a, a Republican leader, even though she voted to impeach President Donald Trump um, in the Congress for a second time? And overwhelmingly, there were votes to keep her in her leadership position. Sixty one Republicans said, get her out of there. Just like she did. She said to Donald Trump, get him out of there. And then 61 Republicans looked at her and said, no, you get out of here. And 145 or 44 Republicans voted to keep her. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that seems like a big number. Well, that's because it was a secret ballot. It wasn't like in the Congress where they they call out your name and they go, Congressman Rutherford. And you have to go, yay or no or present or what i don't even know there's so many i don't know what they do it wasn't like that it was a secret ballot nobody knew how anybody else voted so i wrote to congressman john rutherford because well he's my congressman and he probably wants me to be happy with his performance i would think or maybe he doesn't care uh so i wrote to him and i said hey look I know this was a secret ballot, but to me and to a bunch of other Republicans here in your district who voted for you and supported you and voted for President Trump and supported President Trump, it's important for us to know if you think Liz Cheney is a good leader and a good role model for the Republican Party. If you think that Liz Cheney uh, has the kinds of moral values and ideals that we as Republicans want in the leadership of the Republican Party in Congress, if you think she should stay in her position, that's something we would like to know because it would help us decide whether or not we think you should stay in your position. So I wrote him that letter a couple of weeks ago, finally got an answer back today. And I will read it to you right after this. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marquee Show coming up. This 
This is the Markay Show. My name is Markay, 855-765-1045. By the way, uh, in addition to all that other news, um, Rick Scott was on the news this morning uh, talking about the stimulus bill and how bad it is. And this is something people don't realize. And we'll tell you how the media is going to spin it, too, and how the Democrats are already spinning it and how Joe Biden's going to spin it. But there's a reason why this thing is almost $2 trillion. And it's not because all that money is going out to people that don't have jobs. Don't think for a second that it's not. And uh, thanks to Governor Scott, we have some information about that that we'll share with you. But first, ladies and gentlemen, let me read to you this letter that I just received this morning. While I, I literally was sitting in my office across from the studio, piecing together audio of Merrick Garland and CNN and going through all these open mics about Rush Limbaugh and the flags at half-mast and, and, and Governor DeSantis and, and looking into these SCOTUS decisions and just how deplorable they really are and, and cursing John Roberts both under and on top of my breath to the point where people came by the office and said, could you please stop cursing John Roberts so loudly? You know, we've got clients, uh, you know, on a call next door. So anyway, so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, well, I'm thinking, well, you know, could is anything else going to happen today? I got a letter from John Roberts uh, from uh, John Rutherford uh, um, answering my question sort of about Liz Cheney. And here is what now you'll just in case you're just joining us. The question I asked to John Rutherford and the question I beg you to pose to your own Republican representatives in Congress, wherever they may be, is how did you vote in the secret vote to retain Liz Cheney's leadership position in the uh, in the uh, congressional caucus, the Republican caucus in the Congress? Because it's important because, look, if I were there, I would have voted to ouster. I would have been like, get out, you know, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. That's what I would have said. But we don't know if our elected representatives said the same thing because it was a secret ballot. I have a pretty good guess how Jim Jordan voted, but I don't live in his district. Pretty good guess how Matt Gates voted. Don't live in his district either. Uh, but the district that I do live in is John Rutherford. So I wrote to him and said, hey, could you please tell me how you voted? Here is what the congressman wrote back. February 23rd, 2021. Dear Mark. Which I'm going to be honest, right off the bat, I didn't know we were on a first name basis when I, I wrote to him. The same thing. I was like Congressman <laughs> Rutherford because I showed him a little. Eh, it doesn't matter. Fine, that's fine. I've been called worse. Uh, dear Mark, thank you for contacting me about Representative Liz Cheney's leadership role within the House Republican Conference. I appreciate you taking the time to share with me your thoughts on this important matter. Now, keep in mind, I didn't share my thoughts. Asked him a question. As you know. Representative Cheney was one of 10 Republicans in the House of Representatives to vote in favor of the impeachment proceedings against former President Donald Trump. I know that because I mentioned that in my first letter. Following the impeachment vote, I attended a meeting with members of the House Republican Conference to assess Representative Cheney's leadership position in a Republican conference and the state of our party's legislative platform in the House. It was the overwhelming decision of Republican members to retain Representative Cheney as conference chair. I respect the decision of my colleagues on this matter and look forward to continue to working together to address the challenges we are facing in advanced policies, blah, 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 blah. Please know I will keep your thoughts on this matter in mind, blah, 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 blah. Thank you again for taking the time to contact me, blah, 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 blah. It is my hope that you will continue to keep me apprised of your thoughts on legislative issues important to you, so on and so forth, ad nauseum. So as you can see, we got no answer to the question, how did you vote? 
I know it was a secret ballot. I know what the outcome was. I know that Republicans overwhelmingly supported Liz Cheney. I know that she was one of 10 Republicans to vote in favor of impeaching Donald Trump. I know all of this. I wrote this in my first letter. What I don't know is how you, Congressman Rutherford, or any other congressional uh, representative from the Republican Party, for that matter, voted because it's a secret ballot. And before I go and cast my secret ballot in 2022 for a representative in Congress, I would like to know how my representative in Congress voted on this. So I wrote him back and I made it a lot simpler. And I pointed out that in order for me to to make a decision on who I want to represent me in Congress, I want to make sure that that person is actually doing so. So could you please respond once again and let me know? how you voted, uh, whether it was to keep Liz Cheney in her leadership role or oust her. And if I continue to get non-answers, I'm just going to have to assume, uh, I'm just going to have to assume which way he voted. And it's probably, it's probably not going to be good. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-1045 is our number. Speaking of Congress, we'll get to the uh, stimulus bill here next on the Mark K Show. This state is a joke. You can lower the flag for a conspiracy theory, a racist, and propaganda, but you can't lower the flag for 500,000 people that died from the coronavirus. My name is Nelson. I see skies of blue, clouds of white. Florida's a joke. Put that flag all the way up, all right? Anyway, what's up? Sorry, that you just sounded to me like uh, Satchmo. 855-765-101. Why was Nelson on our open mic line who says the state's a joke? You can't you can't lower the flag half mass for the death of a of a radio guy. Come on, what next? What else are we going to do here? In Florida? It's crazy. Uh, but that's the plan. Governor DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, ordered flags at half mast. They're going to fly across the state at half mast after uh, Rush Limbaugh, who passed away last Wednesday morning, um, is laid to rest. Now, yesterday on the Rush Limbaugh program, if you were listening as I was, you heard Catherine Limbaugh, his widow. She was on with Mark Stein, and she announced that there will be a virtual tribute for Rush Limbaugh because, you know, COVID, you can't have a bunch of like that. And you know that thousands of you think Trump rallies are huge, man. You a, a memorial service open to the public for Rush Limbaugh would generate hundreds of thousands of people traveling all like far and wide to to here in Florida, where I assume he'll be laid to rest or maybe Cape Girardeau. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, real Linda. But anyway, wherever he uh, that memorial service will be, it will be virtual so that the fans can can and you'll participate and be part of it and um, and say their final goodbyes to uh, to Rush Limbaugh, um, you know, online in a, in a safe setting. Well, after that happens, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, had said we will lower our flags to honor Rush Limbaugh, who great American, uh, famous broadcaster. Floridian, he does live here, has lived here forever, taxpayer, and let's not forget, is a Presidential Medal of Freedom winner. So seems to me like with all of his accomplishments and things like that, and because the governor, you know, basically has the right to say, hey, we're going to do this, uh, we're going to do it, but not everyone happy. You heard Nelson there was like, I can't believe it, you're going to do for Rush Limbaugh. Can't believe it. That was right. That was I was more Fat Albert than uh, than Satch. Anyway, they're all all the voices are getting mixed up in my head, and he's not the only one. Uh, there's a big controversy brewing now with Nikki Freed or Nikki Fried. Is it Nikki Fried or Nikki Freed? It's spelled Fried. It could be Freed. It doesn't matter. Nikki Fried on Monday said that she will direct offices under her purview 
to disregard Governor Ron DeSantis's order to lower flags to half staff to commemorate the late conservative talk show host Rush Limbaugh. Nikki Fried is the Florida Agricultural Commissioner. So if you work at the Florida Agricultural Commissioner's office or if you work under the Florida Agricultural Commissioner or if Mrs. Freed or Fried signs your paycheck or is your boss and your direct superior, she's going to order you not to put flags at half staff to commemorate uh, late conservative talk show host Rush Limbaugh. And she says lowering to half staff the flag of the United States of America is a sacred honor that pays respect to fallen heroes and patriots. It is not a partisan political tool. Therefore, I will notify all state offices under my direction to disregard the governor's forthcoming order to lower flags for Mr. Limbaugh. Because we will not celebrate hate speech, bigotry, and division. Now, interestingly enough, and ironically, or I guess appropriately, because she is a Democrat, if you hadn't guessed, um, she's using the lowering of the flag to half-staff to commemorate the life and pay honor and respect to Rush Limbaugh. She's using that as a partisan political tool while at the same time accusing the governor of using it as a partisan political tool. Lower the flag. We will not raise the flag. These poor people that work for her and also probably work for the governor are going to be torn. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I imagine whenever these flags go down, some people that work under Nikki Freed are going to be like, screw that. Governor said lower the flag. I'm going to lower the flag. And then someone's going to get fired and there's going to be a lawsuit and it's going to be mayhem. The governor has the right for whatever reason to order the flags to be lowered to half staff. Uh, we're going to see what happens here if this agricultural commissioner, Nikki Friedfried, has uh, has the ability to to uh, disregard that order and and issue a secondary order conflicting with the original order. Maybe we'll just have the flags go up and down all day. Maybe those we can put on some kind of mechanism so they go up and they go down and they go up and they go down. And that would satisfy uh, that would satisfy everybody. 855-765-1045. You know what's really interesting to me about the Democrats here is that they're OK with 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 protesters who don't like the government or protesters who don't like the police or protesters who don't like the president. They're totally fine with Antifa protesters walking through the street and lighting the flag of the United States on fire. They're OK with them burning the flag. They're OK with them stomping the flag on the ground while chanting things that we can't repeat here on the radio because the FCC would pull us off the air lickety split. They're OK with all of that. They're OK with desecrating the flag, flipping it upside down, writing all sorts of terrible things on it. They're, whatever you want to do to the American flag as far as destroying it, totally cool for whatever reason. But if you want to lower it, like, and what are we talking about? Three feet, four feet? What, I don't even know what the average state house flagpole length is. But if you want to, if you want to lower it halfway to pay honor and respect to somebody in a nonviolent way, that's where they draw the line. That's where they draw the line. I wonder what Nikki Free, Democrat from Florida, would think if Governor DeSantis ordered all the flags burned in honor of Rush Limbaugh. In honor of Rush Limbaugh, we're going to do something. We're going to lower them to half mass, and then we're going to light them on fire. And that way, Republicans and Democrats can all be happy. 855-765-104. We got a lot of phone calls on this, too, a lot of open mic messages, too. This is John in Keystone. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing, bud? I'm good, man. How's it going? What would you want to say? 
first of all, I want to say RIP to uh, Russ Limbaugh and God bless his family and God bless Russ for being a a, a uh, person that lets us know what's going on in the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's right that the governor uh, DeSantis says lower the flags. Uh, like you said, he got a medal from the president. He was recognized. To me, I think that if anybody is recognized by the president of the United States at the time, you know, if they want to do as they wish, do as they wish. But uh, listen, I'm a carpenter, okay? And we're going out of business now because of this Joe Biden. He's raising the fuel costs. He's losing jobs right and left. I've got five general contractors now. They can't even buy trusses now because of the price of them. Now, what do you think that's going to do to the house appraisals that live in areas that where, you know, I mean, seriously, I live in Keystone. Sure. Okay. And the house right now would praise around 250000 After I build my house of 1,500 square feet, the price of the house is going to be a half a million dollars. Okay. So nobody in their right mind is going to pay that kind of money. Yeah. So listen, the country is falling quick, as quick as it can. And we have to do something. Where are you, uh, patriots of the Republicans? My God, these people have impeached, impeached, impeached. I'm sick of it. Yeah, John, there's a lot of people that feel they, and the ridiculous things that people waste their time on. And by people, I mean the left. We talked about it last week when uh, when Representative Sanchez from California, she introduced legislation to keep Donald Trump from being buried in Arlington Cemetery. Now you've got this woman here in Florida, Nikki Freed, who is arguing that she is going to she's going to write an order and took the time to write an order. And I'm sure there was some other agricultural business that she needed to take care of. I mean, it is Florida. We grow the best oranges anywhere. I'm sure there's key lime problems that she needs to deal with. I'm sure there's locust invasions or geckos eating some kind of some kind of indigenous, uh, very you know pr- protected uh, I don't know fern that grows only in the swamp. I don't know what's going. I don't know anything about agriculture, as you can tell by my last four comments. But what I'm saying is, I'm pretty sure the director of or the agricultural commissioner for the state of Florida, Nikki Freed, has more important things to do than worry about. By the way, by the way, uh, what? Stop laughing. That's not that. And whatever. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, By the way, we have we have so much still to get to yet. We still have this whole CNN thing. And we were going to do mail time today, but all the mail is for Hannah. So I don't know. I got like one letter and something that's rattling. I think it's broken and everything else is for Hannah. So uh, please, if you have a package for mail time, please send it here at the studio, because every Tuesday we like to do mail time live on the air. If you have a package for Hannah, send it to her house. It's Hannah Guile, one, one, two, eight, three. 42nd Street. No, I don't 42nd even know. 42nd Street? Where do you live? Downtown? <laughs> I don't know where. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know where you live. That's not um, true. But anyway, no, you can tell you. But that's, uh, so we may or may not get. Also, we're so jam-packed with stuff because we still haven't even, even gotten to SCOTUS and, uh, and Merrick Garland, which we're going to do here in just a minute. Steph is in Palm Coast. Hi, Steph. How are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Thanks, Mark. Um, honestly, I'm fed up. I'm really disappointed and i feel like the supreme court is worthless i feel like they're pretty much traitors uh to our country to the constitution um i feel like some of them are probably threatened um you know other than maybe like thomas and anita or anito however it's pronounced alito yeah i know i know who you meant yeah i mean everything that happened yesterday with you know them basically dismissing 
the voter fraud in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, and I, a lot of my friends up there are so pissed off at everything yeah. going on there. Um, and then just with the tax returns, you know, that they're subpoenaing, subpoenaing Trump's tax returns. Like, uh, this is crazy. Yeah, that, I want to see Nancy's tax returns. The whole thing is really, I mean, it's it, there's some very major disappointments, of course, in the Supreme Court. And yesterday we got to see them. Uh, we've started to see them leak out a little bit, but now we've really started to see them. I think you're right. I don't know who's gotten to whom on the Supreme Court. I have pretty, some pretty good ideas. I mean, we all know that there was there were a, a handful of so-called conservative justices who were already on the Supreme Court when Donald Trump uh, came to office who just didn't approve of him. I mean, John Roberts most notably. And unfortunately, John Roberts holds a lot of weight. He's the chief justice of the United States. And you can blame George W. Bush for that. If, I don't know. Quick hit history lesson uh sandra day o'connor was going to retire and or she did retire she said i'm retiring and so sandra day o'connor left during george w bush's tenure as president and that left a, a big gaping hole in the supreme court so he nominated john roberts and at the time john roberts seemed like a cool guy young hip federal court justice i think he, or judge i think he'd been there for like two two or three years in the federal uh, court system. Anyway, and he, and he seemed to hold a lot of values of family man. They brought him up on stage. Well, before he could even be confirmed, Chief Justice William H. Rehnquist died. Just, he was gone. So now there's two openings on the Supreme Court. And what does George W. Bush do? Well, since he'd already picked John Roberts for the uh, first opening to replace Sandra Day O'Connor, you would think he would go back and find a second jurist to become chief justice because a lot of people think it's a la it's like a it's like a hierarchy thing or it's like you know a line of succession. It's not. If there's a if the chief justice quits or resigns or dies or does whatever, you don't just go to the other eight and say who's next. You don't just go and pick. It's not like if you've been there the longest, you get to be chief justice. You are chosen to be the chief justice when that opens up. And so George W. Bush said, well, I already got John Roberts here. Then might as well, you know, save myself some time. You're, congratulations, John. Now you're the chief justice. And boom, he became chief justice. Samuel Alito got chosen to be uh, the new Sandra Day O'Connor. And I'm going to be honest with you. Based on the record, I would much rather, I would much rather have had Samuel Alito uh, be the chief justice of the Supreme Court because I feel that Samuel Alito is more in line with the Constitution. Samuel Alito is more of a traditionalist. Samuel Alito does not hold political grudges much like John Roberts does. And it may be, I've heard rumors, I don't know if there's truth to any of them, so I'm not going to say them because Facebook's going to yank me off the air, but I've heard rumors about John Roberts. And again, I don't know if they're true or not. It seems, though, however, that he comes from the kind of background where he would owe political favors to somebody. He comes from that era of big government Washington where maybe he got where he did so quickly because he did some things for other people, and now they're coming back to bite all of us in the butt. But in a, in a 6-3 decision yesterday, Clarence Thomas, uh, Samuel Alito, and Neil Gorsuch being the three dissenting opinions, they um, there was a 6-3 decision not to look at the Pennsylvania cases regarding the change in voter registration and mail-in balloting. They threw out the Pennsylvania case for good this time because they didn't believe that it was worthy of the Supreme Court when quite frankly it's a constitutional question 
It's a question about the constitutionality of the of the the uh, election laws as outlined in the Constitution. There's no much like the state on state action we saw when Texas and 18 other states sued the five states that they thought had um, unconstitutional electoral practices. Uh, just like that, there's no place else for people to go except for the Supreme Court. And if John Roberts doesn't like you or if he owes a favor to one of your enemies, guess what? You got no place to go. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More Marque Show next.